thing, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? which host bought a Shania Twain album just so they could do blow off her tits. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? Welcome to the Big Bad Show. My name is Darren Frost, your host of Anything Goes. And joining us in the studio, my co-host, of course, Dave Martin and Christina Walkinshaw is in with us this week. Uh, on the big show, we're going to be interviewing later on Chuck Byrne is going to be by. Uh, originally from Vancouver, now makes his home in the big T-Dot, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And, uh, yeah, this is a no-holds-barred uh, talk show. It's not easy, is it, Dave? It's not easy. It's not easy doing the intro. I don't uh, think we need to do the, uh, this is a no-holds-barred. People will figure that out. Yeah, people fucking. We're allowed to say yeah. whatever. We want. Yeah, we can say whatever we want. Fuck bullshit and all the other words. Even though I'm too nice um, to ever say everything. So uh, I had a very uh, nice weekend. I was in Kitchener, Ontario doing some shows. I always have a very good time in uh, New Berlin, uh, which used to be called in 1944, and then they changed it in 45. Probably you know, to attract tourism. There was some dust getting <laughs> kicked up uh, over in uh, in Europe. And, yeah. Uh, they decided maybe we should uh, change our name. Yeah, you know, for change. tourism reasons, yeah. you know. They uh, got rid of the Auschwitz water slide and <laughs> other other things, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the lost and found where you go and uh, pick up your jewelry and stuff. And your teeth. And yeah. your teeth. That's right. <laughs> right out of the gate, we're offensive. That's nice. Well, uh, how are you doing, David? Uh, I'm, I'm all right, Darren. I had a, a bit of a, a shit weekend. I, uh, I think in the, in the, in the, in the span of three days, uh, well, actually today I was told by a girl that I kind of fancied that she just wanted to be friends and that's, that's, isn't that's not nice. Well, I mean, it's not. I guess it's. She said it's not that about oh, being nice. She's, well, she's being truthful. She'll still probably follow you on Twitter. You'll get something uh, out of it. But and she was. And she was already offended by one of the uh, things I posted on Facebook about how I kind of get turned on a little bit at uh, uh, whenever they have the uh, scared straight, the teenage girls in prison. And I said, <laughs> yeah. I, said I kind of get turned <laughs> on by that. Yeah. And then she put a loud dislike and a frown. And uh, she did remark how our senses of humor were probably too different for us to click well enough. Right, right. And she said she didn't want to lead me on, and I just, I kind of wanted to say, well, can you lead me on a little bit? Like, yeah. let's have sex once or twice, yeah. and then you can <laughs> let me go, and then And can we fine. get in some confined spaces so I can get really turned on, scared straight-wise? And... Did you, uh, had you had sex with her? No, I hadn't. I, and I, oh. I just, uh... Denied. No, I, oh, no and, uh, and that's I am, no friend of yours. I am very anymore. good. I am very good in bed. I can sleep all day, and uh, I can Still eat in bed. Still not tempted. No. Other than the sex part, I am fantastic in bed. Uh, See, but, I've never, I've never had the friend card because I'm, you know, I'm pretty stupid when it comes to that stuff. It's like I wait till the very, like, or I know it's obvious something's gonna happen. Yeah. Like they shove their tongue down my throat, that kind of <laughs> obvious. Yeah, really? Then, then it gets to, what, is she gonna just be my friend? It's always afterwards. But never, I never had that card play to me. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen. I just never went after it enough. Well, there was a girl that I, I went out with uh, a couple of times, and she kept on dropping the fact that she was gay, and then it finally, I was <laughs> either dropping gonna, it? Hey! Well, she oh, kept what do you want for dinner? Are you going I out like with her? Oh, she was I'm, gay. Well, no, but we were like two people that were going out to the same place, and we were having 
drinks, but it wouldn't feel like I, it wasn't classified as a date or anything. She was like, like that. you were like, hey, hon. She's like, hey, fag. I mean, I don't know how you just <laughs> drop gay. I don't understand. No, that. she kept on saying that she was gay. I know, but I, you yeah. said the way that she just kept dropping the fact well, she was gay. But she would mention, oh, I, oh, that chick's hot, or I, I oh, that makes stick her gay. Tongue in that girl's pussy or something like that. I should say, <laughs> oh, I am gay. And there was a couple times where I just want to be like, really, how gay are you? And I never asked that. But there was a time that I invited her out to a show, and she invited her girlfriend. Uh, and then, but on Saturday, she invited me out to her birthday party, and a bunch of her friends are there. And I'm sitting beside this uh, guy, this uh, uh, well, he's a black guy, dude. And um, and then I noticed at one point I'm I'm text messaging under the table, which I know is rude, but uh, at the same time I noticed that she was massaging his knee. Oh yeah, and it's a black guy, oh. so she could have been massaging his dick for all I know. Oh, I knew that was coming. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> big cock joke there. And then uh, then it was just then I was like, oh, I got to get out of here, so. I went to a strip club to calm down. Now, did Classic. she ever? Did she, did she ever call you her beard? I mean, that's dropping the fact she's gay too, right? Oh, no, you're, I just you're never, her beard. I, I never had that title. I never had the beardish <laughs> title at all. Because you have one, so that would kind of make sense. You're her beard, right? I don't technically. It's not a beard. It's just a facial hair disaster. Now, what? have you ever played that card, Christina? Have you ever played the "Hey, I just want to be friends"? Uh, or totally. ever have you ever played the "I'm gay" card? I've uh, never played the I'm gay card. I'm right. pretty honest, I feel. Yeah. Well, I'm not really honest, actually. I just fucking don't call people back if I don't like them. I'm right. one of those, like, I don't like confrontation. But if I never call you or text you back, that's like the whole, the reversal, the he's not that into you, she's not that right, into right. you kind of thing. Yeah. That's, I don't want to be mean or anything. But, yeah. I mean, I think I've said this on the show before. I always tried to find reasons to sabotage things, so I never had to even get find out. If they wanted to just be friends, like one girl I was talking to, she told me her favorite movie is not without my daughter, and I had to end it right there because I'm like, I can't have that out there. I can't be at a party, and someone asks, and you're talking about it, and you say that publicly. I just can't be around a person whose favorite movie is not without my daughter, no matter how they look. <laughs> I don't, well, I, I just... Come on, it's a shitty movie. You don't understand what I'm saying. Actually, I've never seen it. I, it's I know terrible. That, I know, Sally I know, Field, I... she cries about her kid. She looks like she's part of the Taliban. She's got a head thing on. It's, it's bad. No, without my daughter. I can't have that. Oh, that's only back when the Middle East uh, took your kids. Yeah. And now they... <laughs> but what I, uh, you've, never played, you've never played the I'm gay card? Because no. that works. No, well, there's, no, yeah. there's no arguing that one. That's why it works. Oh, well, You're not going to follow them around and wait till they eat pussy. Up. Well, she's right. That's what she does. Uh, yeah, but I just... I, it, <laughs> I guess it just turns out that she's only... Gay when I'm around. How did you pick chicks. up this gay girl, anyways? How well, did... actually, we, we met at a burlesque show. First of all, I was okay. At a well, bar. that makes sense. You guys both like uh, well, women in high heels. Yeah. Well, we just we started chatting and we kind of hit it off there. And then, of course, I you know I uh, I give her my card. Uh, but uh, I, I give her my, my card, card, and then she, and then we text. And then you back wonder why forth. it goes to friends. I gave her my card. Well, what am I supposed to do? Well, just say, hey, hey, shoot the shit, talk on Facebook. I gave her my card. That's kind of weird. Well, how am I supposed to give her what? I just no. I was leaving the bar that we were at because wow. she started dancing. And then and you then... wonder how it became you were a fag hag. I mean, don't you understand <laughs> how this no, works? No, trust me. As soon as I found out she was used to you hung out with her a couple more times. Be, Dave, I know I didn't you. want to be that hag anymore. Right. I still want. Well, I, I still wouldn't mind hanging out. <laughs> See? See, you still don't mind being You're a fag hag. Over the gig, I'm only against lesbians when I'm attracted to them. I only want my. I'm not, I'm I, not against it even then. If, if a, really? If, oh yeah. Yeah, but you're fucking married and you're unhappy and you've made it just. You, you know where you are at. You're at now. <laughs> no, I don't like lesbians when I'm Thank attracted to them. Thank God my wife them. doesn't listen to this show. I'm unhappy. Just so you guys know, I'm whacking a tranny porn. <laughs> I know. Don't get it. <laughs> So, you know, There's, Dave, as you talk with this lesbian, you were like dripping sweat beads down your forehead. I know. Just I'm, talking about these women. Uh, <laughs> I, know, take I, still, your I still hang out with her. I still hang out with you. 
Jesus. Oh, nice tie. You look I like do. fucking Chaz Bono when you sweat <laughs> like that. What are you going or to your Ron high Jossel? school reunion tonight? Have you seen What's Ron Jossel? He looks exactly time. like Chaz, Bo- Chaz Bono. <laughs> deadly. Deadly like him. Right. Where, where were you? Were you somewhere, Christina? Where were you this weekend? Uh, well, I, I was uh, at the Genie Awards on Thursday. Oh, oh that's right. To... I wore high heels for about two hours, and I hit the shoes behind a couch. Um, right. But yeah, it was really cool, and it was a really interesting. Did anybody give you uh, them uh, their card to you and want to take things further just at the, the genies? Lesbians. Oh. Just the lesbians, Darren. <laughs> I was, crazy dykes. That's yeah. just always the way. Uh, <laughs> was, damn. was that your first uh, red carpet that you walked? Uh, yes. Well, I didn't really walk it. I was backstage most of the time. But I saw you had but, um, a photo on the red carpet. Oh, uh, yeah. I took that after a fucking few beverages, didn't I? <laughs> I'm like, let's get the camera photo shoot. I just really, uh, and now it's my Facebook profile picture, obviously. Now, because just it looks awesome. so everyone's clear, you you wrote for the show. I got hired to do punch up, right? So, and your jokes or the jokes that you helped punch up, did yes. they work? Did it, was yeah, it okay? No, I was very excited. I got a joke on there. It's very excited. And, and who and hosted like, yeah. it this year? What was that? <laughs> who hosted Strombo? Well, it's supposed to be okay. Strombo, uh, George Strombo, and uh, Andrea Martin. Uh, right. And then Andrea, the day before the awards, backed out. She booked a pilot in L.A. and had to go. Oh, okay. So, did, now, did she ever is that, is that so Canadian? She booked a pilot and that's I, bigger than our Oscars. I mean, that was the big Oscars, joke of it. We're honoring Canadian entertainment. Yeah. Oh, just book something in L.A. got to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so. I just booked an Independence <laughs> commercial. I got to go shit in the bag yeah. and then come back and maybe <laughs> I'll make it. Which is pretty much the sketch that she taped before she went. Was Yeah, she was pretending like she was trying to book a bladder control. Nice. Oh, was it really? Um, yeah, that's literally Well, it was like, a U.S. Yeah. national shit in a bag commercial. <laughs> Right. Oh, Who no, yeah. It wasn't. That? No, sorry. That I was a really good book. She really did book a real pilot. But no, I know. Least, yeah. But I would do it. I would fucking do a Depends commercial over hosting the Genies. Oh, sure. Hey, <laughs> Come on. Now, uh, had you, shit was, on the screen, shit in a bag. You know, that's how it works. <laughs> have you um, have you been to an award show before? Uh, like, I, I went to the Junos last year, uh, but just to watch and right. enjoy it. But actually, you know, it was really fun and it was cool. I mean, everybody was great. The movies, actually, I obviously went out and watched all these movies. And I know. If, Probably you guys, most people don't go watch all these. Um, I would, yeah. Quebec cinemas, but maybe they're amazing movies. Like yeah. Café de Fleur and uh, Monsieur Lazar, they're all so good. And Oh, the French language uh, movie? Oh, well, they, you know, come on. You guys, I remember I talked about this last week. Yeah, I like two they, glasses they, of wine they, they, and they I still read their subtitles culture. of Varsity. I was, dude, I'm good. I'm a functioning alcoholic. I can read subtitles. They, they support their culture. Their movies are amazing. Oh, they're I mean, amazing. Yeah. They were really, oh, they're, it was fantastic films. We should all go watch them, as but not even just as Canadians. Now, uh, after, now, after, now that you have this uh, award and show. Then I went out and drank. Cool. That's even better. Was there, was there, were there classy parties that you could go to? Yeah, there was two after parties. One was open bar. Oh, I know, oh, no, oh, but then man. the second one we that's had to like, That's it. like throwing like, like gasoline on a fire when I'm if I'm involved. <laughs> I'm a fire and someone just, oh, there's a, there's a I know. gasoline. It's like this weird battle between like wanting to schmooze and meet people, but also oh. wanting to make it back to the bar before like your drink is totally empty. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm so excited to see you. I'm just, uh, I'm just going to go to the bar. I don't have a drink yet. Well, actually, at a certain point, the bartender should just give you like a little sign to hang over your neck that says, forgive me, I'm hammered. Because <laughs> that's what I would seriously want at oh, one of those God. open bars. I wouldn't, be- the one thing I wouldn't want to be with Dave is an open bar. As soon as he hears that, he'd run faster than a fucking baby falling from an 11th floor building. Yeah. <laughs> like, he would just run to it. I don't care what the baby, give me a shot! Unless I was coming out of the bathroom, uh, you know, like every uh, half an hour, just, just sweating and more bug-eyed. And then Looking just- for lesbians to give your card to. Yeah. Dave, I don't know. I didn't even know you were allowed to open bar parties because don't all the girl comics need rides home with you after uh, the party? Burn. <laughs> they, that's uh, burn. usually quite true, yes. But uh, don't know those nights I, uh, I I pass out a, a Ladies, pamphlet Ladies, just so beforehand. you know, Dave Martin, quality you, driver. Very reliable. Very well, reliable. Yeah.
The, uh, Always there when you now, need them. Now, after you have had this uh, um, award show experience, are you – now, the next time that you're on your period, are you going to say, uh, I'm walking the red carpet? Oh, well, <laughs> gonna, I'm oh, serious, right. oh, though. That, that would was, be a good way to – He's been waiting all week to throw that one out. He's been waiting all week to throw that one out. I didn't know that. Just, yeah. You should call the referred – ble- I call it bloody kitty also, and you know that. So uh, I, I do know that. You didn't even have to say But now I wish that I had a period so I could call it. No, like, walk I walking the I red could, carpet? Yeah, I would call it walk, right. walk on the red Tell carpet. Tell you what, next time I get it, next time I get BK, Bloody Kitty, I will come up to you and be like, hey, Dave, guess who's the walking the red carpet, carpet today? Right. Well, I'll probably have forgotten what? it by then. Right. I don't know what you're talking about. What, you wanted to say something before oh, we go I to the break. I wanted to say now, in all seriousness, I know that we have a lot of fun on this show. Okay. And we mock some uh, very serious topics sometime. But I want to say that, um, well, just in the past couple of days, I believe it was this weekend, mm-hmm. was the uh, one-year anniversary of the uh, gigantic su- uh, tsunami that devastated the uh, country of Japan. And I, also, I, I sincerely want to say that my thoughts and prayers go out to Gilbert Godfrey. And I uh, just want to say that we're going to be interview, playing the interview that we uh, recorded last week for, yeah. with him. That's right. That's right. It was a year ago. And uh, since then, uh, Gilbert got into trouble. I actually got into trouble for my jokes about Japan. Uh, I will not say what they are. Why do you want to say what they are? Uh, because it's, it's, it's a year later it's now. News? It's old news. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know. I think I even said it on the show back in the back back a year ago, but you know it's uh, yeah it's a year anniversary. I've got you know I don't want to be uh, a, a, not classy, so I'll leave it alone. Oh okay, well leave it to me to be unclassy. Exactly or classless or me classless. Thank you. That's, that's <laughs> the one. term I was looking for, classless. But hey, guess who isn't classless? Our guest this week that we'll be interviewing after the break, stand-up comedian Chuck Byrne is going to be joining us for a first time on Anything Goes, and we're excited. Aren't you excited? Don't go anywhere. Get ready to try and shower the filth off. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Hey, this is Doug Stanhope, and you're listening to Darren Frost and Friends on Anything Goes XM Radio. Hey, get up, brothers. Do any dance that's grooving to you. Yeah, man. Smoother than a stripper's area. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. All right, we're back from the break. And joining us in the studio, comedian Chuck Byrne is here. Welcome, Chuck, to the show. Thank you, sir. Pleasure it's, to be here. It's awkward when I know someone as well as I do as Chuck. i got to act like, hey, this is the, one, like, the first time we've ever met. It's Chuck it's, Byrne. Yeah. It's I've good. known for 20 years. <laughs> uh, and So things are good, Chuck? Things are awesome, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And have you been touring much these days? What's going on with you? I've been staying. I mean, I tour constantly, but I, I haven't been. Uh, I've been keeping the parameters of my touring area fairly limited because i got the kids at home and whatnot. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm in a constant state of talking out loud and people handing me money. Now, before we uh, we started recording, we were all talking about, at least you guys were, about performing for crowds that aren't massive, like handfuls of people, and uh, like four or eight people. Yeah. Now, the, the smallest I've ever performed to is four people, but I did it on purpose because the owner was a bit of a motherfucker. And he's like, if I'm paying you, you're doing the show. I'm like, oh, fucking right, we are. We're going to do 90 minutes now to four people. 
But uh, that's my own uh, problems. But uh, what were you guys saying? Well, we, okay. Well, here, I, I have to give a bit of a backstory. Darren and I were at a show. We uh, did a show at a, uh, a pot room, a marijuana-friendly room, and Chuck's done that before. You've done that. You've done shows. That I have. Like that. I have on occasion. I've and, done pot. Uh, you've well, and, but mm-hmm. you've done the marijuana friendly rooms, correct? Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. So, uh, I mean, those audiences are not always going to be huge laughers. There are uh, a lot of uh, you know, um, sort of uh, shaking heads and big smiles and stuff. Yeah. But they're not that loud. But when Darren and I did a show, there was uh, the show the week before was sold out, and so of course the show this week was uh, kind of empty. And um, it was a it was an awkward show to do for like eight people or so, and of course I invited someone to the, that show, and uh, that was the first time that they'd seen me on it uh, on stage, and then oh yeah 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 that's that's it's like the old adage of if if one of your friends from your life wants to come see your show mm-hmm. at the club right don't invite them down on Thursday really okay. no yeah oh yeah of course no Thursday because Thursday sure. might be great yeah. Thursday might be great. Right. Probably will be okay. Yeah. Right? And depending upon what club you're at, one of the shows on Friday and one of the shows on Saturday is going to be white hot. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's the crowd you That's want right. your friends to see you in front of, right? right? The crowd that you can do no wrong in front of. Yeah. Right? Like, get, you know, I, I was in Niagara Falls last weekend, and and you, you never know what you're going to get. Thursday, we had, you know, 40 people in a room that held 300. Yeah. And and thirty eight of them were sitting in the last row. Yeah. <laughs> so well, so what do you do? You're talking to you're talking to a, a group of people who are looking at you standing in front of an empty room. Now, see, would you rather have someone meet you for the first time off stage or on stage? Because I the girl that I invited to the show. I don't like meeting people at all. I don't. I don't. But if you have to, like you know, if you're. If you're trying to, you know, get, you know, get someone interested in you or something like that, would you rather have them sexually, Dave? sexually or any level? <laughs> sexually, really? I would prefer they come up to me right after I finish my show <laughs> right. and introduce themselves. Oh, okay. Because then, then, then I know exactly the picture that they think they have of me. No, now, do you think are you the same guy on stage as off stage? To a degree, yeah. Okay. See, I, mean, for, for I don't me, think. I don't think. I, I I don't think anyone who isn't doing a character right. can hide from their fundamental character on stage. Mm. What, what about you, Darren? Where do you stand? Uh, well, first of all, uh, for sexual reasons, I always want 10 minutes because I've already came on stage. And I want to clean myself <laughs> up. Um, so it's not awkward. For me, uh, it's just a heightened version of me. So I think a lot of me on stage is just a heightened version. So I agree with Chuck, unless I'm doing a character like Larry the Cable Guy or yeah. or the funny pants version of what I used to do. The yeah, only, the only, problem, the only problem with that is... Is you know certainly in my case in the forty-five minutes I was just on stage, that is my day's allotment of Chuck Byrne. Yeah, right. Like if you're going to get me in the twenty-three hours and fifteen minutes that I'm not on stage, it is not going to be as electrifying. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretty fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's yeah. going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of uh, sitting there quietly saving it up. Well, I don't know. I just. <laughs> But I know to know that like Darren and I both have acts that can be pretty edgy, pretty raunchy, and not that I'm not that person on stage, but um, it's like you'll have to probably hang out with me for a, like a couple of a couple of days to get that genuine person version of me because I'm not going to blurt out all the potentially racist shit that I might say. Well, yeah, for, example, exactly. for example, for example, Chuck, but- like when you you met your wife. Like, we were talking last week about this. How long was it before your wife saw your act? Like, for me, it was three months before my wife, because my act is pretty harsh. So there was always a window. But for you, was it right away? 
Um, I met my wife after a show that she had oh, just well, watched me do. Okay. Yeah. See, there was a girl. There was a girl that so you know stars yeah. in her eyes. I could do no wrong. <laughs> You're oh, the but, king of Welland. I want to marry that guy. I'm one of them. Yes. You, you know, if you bombed, would she have come up to you? Because she, she didn't so... come up to me. It was it was she was a friend of a friend. It was a whole situation. Oh, okay. I was down there with uh, Rodney Petlin. Yes, and uh, some of his friends from local friends came down to the show, and she was a friend of one of theirs, and blah blah blee. And oh, okay. Penis and see, vagina. The, the, we got the, two kids. The girl that came out to see me. There's going to be no hope there. I mean, and also too. Also, she was born in 1984, and I think I got my first DUI in '84. So <laughs> there's no uh, there's nothing going on there. <laughs> Uh, what uh, now? I wanted to ask this question because we brought this up during the John Wing interview. That you're one of the few people that I know that when I talked to you about how you got started, you said that um, you wanted to find out how much material you needed to get out on the road and start being a working comic. So every set that you did, you did a different five minutes until yeah. so you got a significant amount of time uh, the first... that you could start working right away. Yeah. Well, the first night I was at the club, right. Um, I, I asked, I asked the working professional comedians, I said, well, how much time do I need? I mean, basically the story you just told, how much time do I need? They said 20 minutes. Yeah. So the next three times I came back, I did a new five minutes cause I had just done five. Yeah. I figured I got 20 minutes. <laughs> Turns out I got about six and a half minutes. Oh, okay. right. right? Yeah. But, but all I was looking to do, I knew that, you know, in order to get any job, you got to be able to say you can do it. Yeah. I could dig a six foot hole. No problem. Yeah. Right? You know, whether or not you can actually dig the hole, you have no idea. Yeah. But all I needed to do was I needed to be able to talk out loud for 20 minutes, and I owned a car. So I Ooh. drove the headliner to the gig mm -hmm. and talked out loud for 20 minutes before the headliner entertained everybody. Yeah. I was surprised that the uh, professional comics, uh, when you asked them how much time you needed, they just didn't say, that they just were like, ah, quit, asshole. I'm surprised that they didn't just tell you to quit. No, and they knew. Oh, okay. They, they knew. They knew. They knew. They could see where your heart was. I was the only one on Amateur Night who had a car as well. So people were looking for a lift right <laughs> and, off And the most top. of those pros needed your fucking car to get a lift, so they're <laughs> exactly. not going to tell you to quit. <laughs> exactly. A car in comedy is, yeah. is, is a linchpin to the society. Of course. That's the fucking, that's the vase that's going to keep you going. That's it. Yeah. Had I not had a car, mm -hmm. um, it would have probably taken me an extra three years to become a working comedian. But you also started out west, right? Yeah, I, I started Which is a lot out. I, I started at, a, at at kind of a very good time out west as well. I started at a time where there wasn't a lot of openers, there wasn't a lot of openers with a car, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 a bunch of headliners had moved out, so that, you know, like there were there were guys there who could do the other job, and there weren't a lot of guys that that wanted to do the opening job for no money and a right. nine hour drive. But you know, I'm willing to do it because. It, it's the entry-level position. Yeah, and a lot of people have to understand, they don't understand uh, Vancouver, the way it's set up. is You can only have so many really kind of headlining pros uh, before someone has to move away and make some better money, and then someone can move up. So it, it needs yeah. for that to happen. Well, it's and a also, natural thing. Also in Vancouver, you're, you're you know, as, as, as much as Vancouver is a metropolitan city and there's plenty of people that live out in the lower mainland and everything, it still is a fairly remote fishing village on the edge of the universe. I right. mean, if you, if you want to make a living as a stand-up comedian and you're based out of Vancouver, expect to spend most nights of the year not in your own bed. Right. Yeah, so, you're traveling Alberta a yeah, lot. Yeah, so you're like starting the, in B.C. Yeah. was awesome because you could, you know, when you're starting, you just head out on the road, get on stage, and start start building your act. Yeah. And then when I wanted to become a working comedian and, and sleep in my own bed at night because I'm a bit of a homebody, it meant packing a bag and moving out here.
Now, did you ever go down to L.A. or do New York or any of that when you lived in Vancouver? Because no. a lot of comics in Vancouver try to take advantage of the whole Seattle, L.A. scene just so, since you're so close to it. No, I, I mean, I started doing stand-up in 95, which was about two years before they declared um, the stand-up comic-based sitcom Legally Dead. Right. Um, <laughs> 95, there was still a couple of guys in 95 that might have gotten a deal. Right. None of those shows ever made it to television. Right. Um, so so that dream for that everybody that so many people had in the early late 80s, early 90s of this is my entree into not only show business, but into stardom and, and, and wealth and all of those other things, that, that window was closing. I mean, my only real interest was... Um, I finally found something I love doing all the time, and uh, I think I might be able to make a living at it. And right. so that that was my only concern. My only concern was if I can be good at this, this is a skill that will feed me as much as becoming an electrician. Now, when you were starting out, who were the guys that you kind of looked up to uh, in terms of style? Because uh, I've always, I've always, I've got a, a, a name in my head that I think you're somewhat influenced by just by your cadence in terms of the way you talk. But I want to find out from you who you think. Um, well, I mean, there's the there's the people that you that I liked as a fan. The Charlie you know, Daniels band was that Charlie one of them? Daniels <laughs> band? Sure, why not? Yeah, a fiddle. The cast right? of Hee Haw. <laughs> it's just a shot in the dark. Okay. Um, I liked um, I like John Candy. Right. Uh, uh, not that John Candy was a stand-up. Amazing stand-up. Go ahead. Uh, but Bob Newhart. Yep. Um, Bob Newhart was a guy that, um, uh, for me, showed me that you didn't have to be uh, a star to be a star in show business. Right. You know, Bob Newhart spent 25 years in the top 10 of American television, and nobody really noticed. Right. <laughs> Which yeah. is fabulous. Yeah. You, don't, sure. you don't think of him as a guy that, that had a show on television for 25 years. It was in a few different forms, but that show was always on. And also, Bob Newhart was very much himself, kind of. I mean, he played like a psychiatrist, didn't he, yeah. in the Bob Newhart yes. show? And then a Newhart, he was just like an innkeeper, but he was yeah. very much uh, he, Bob Newhart. Yeah, it's it just was Bob. just like, but we took Bob Newhart and we put him somewhere else. Yeah. It wasn't like there was like, he didn't have a lot of acting or anything behind him. But uh, he was just kind of himself in a new place. Yeah, same it's thing weird with Seinfeld. Bob. Put him in the middle of an apartment and watch the crazy world spin around him. Exactly. It, yeah. It's weird because most people, I, I think you'd be surprised that still most people don't consider him a stand-up, even though he did it for years beforehand. Still doing it. And still doing it. But most people still are surprised when they, oh, Bob Newhart's doing live comedy. You know, I think yeah. because he was on television for so long, people just think he kind of walked well, into and the also, show. And, and also it. It, depends, it depends on what your frame of reference is. You know, as, as, as comics, our frame of reference goes we we will ca cast a much wider net of once course. we like somebody right. I mean, there's there's plenty of people that grew up watching Newhart and they have no idea that he was even on the Bob Newhart show right right, right. Well, and also, I mean, he had comedy albums that were in like the top, uh, like the top ten Billboard. Top chart. ten oh, yeah. Billboard, oh, yeah. number one, number yeah. one. He's the only one to do it. And also, I think, like, mind. I think the Beatles might have like bumped him out of like the number one position at one point. Fuck, fuck them. Well, yeah, fuck the Beatles. <laughs> what have they done lately? Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, no, Bob Newhart's still alive. <laughs> I think Ben Miner interviewed him recently, or, or today, or today, or something like yeah, that. Oh wow. Hey, so where are you getting your, where'd you get your ideas from, Bob? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> How long have you been doing this, Bob? Uh, now, Chuck, do you have a sitcom in your back pocket? Like a lot of people, like I've heard other guys say that if you ever get in front of like TV people, have like a sitcom in your back pocket. Oh, I got, I got, you know, 
I got a few. <laughs> I, I got a monkey movie that'll never I got air. I, I, I've got, got it. See, Darren the, the and I have to write the, that monkey movie. It too. depends. See, the show you pitch, I think, depends on who you're pitching it to. Yeah, if you're pitching course. a show to NBC, right. I'm not going to pitch them my potty mouth stand up. Right, because they got no, they got no interest in the world. But I like that. Title. If I'm talking to, if I'm, <laughs> yeah, I like the title exactly. Because you could, you could put that I title. Could, I could on NBC, yeah. Potty Mouth Stand Up. Right. But uh, I'd be pitching them a show about me and my kids and how it's just a struggle every day. Yeah, they keep throwing <laughs> things down the toilet. But, <laughs> and, and and hopefully, you know, like within a process like that, they're they're looking to hire you, wrap mm-hmm. something around you yeah. that their audience will like, if you're willing to change what you do like so many guys get the, the idea that you know you're gonna have to make a million compromises to get a show on t- network television of course you are yeah you know there's the idea that you could that you could say whatever the hell you want when somebody's handing you money ever is a dream <laughs> <laughs> well what, what about christina do you have a, and darren do you have unless, a every, unless the person handing you money is saying specifically say whatever you want Right. Well, that's not going to happen very often. No. Well, I mean, the only reason Louis C.K. can do it is because it's a small cable network. Uh, he doesn't demand uh, a huge amount of money, and he does everything himself. Yeah. So, I mean— Well, and he's also he's also been writing in network television for 15 years. Sure, and that, and that too. Because <laughs> you lends you some credibility. But he's also, you know, Louis C.K., so people are attracted to what he is doing. Yeah. It's not like he just all of a sudden this is his first go at it. He had the other show on HBO. And so, I mean, I don't have a sitcom because it doesn't interest me, sitcoms. I do have a monkey movie. That wasn't a joke. Uh, but it will never get mar- made. But that's okay with me. That's my little dream. Well, not with your attitude. No, not with my attitude. No, but but- I, I, th- I think I think the sitcom is dead the way we know it and the way that stand-up comics know it. And they know that they don't want to th- do it. I think the real job of being a stand-up comic in show business is you're a utility man. You're, you're you know, for I, I think the idea that stand-ups are only good for sitcoms is wrong. Stand-ups are good... They're, they're utility guys because when you're doing stand-up, you're doing every job anyway. Well, the, but the great thing about Louis C.K.'s stand-up uh, or the show Louis— Let's talk more about how great he is. Well, I don't know. I don't want to do that. No, <laughs> no. but I'm just saying it's like it's basically Louis' sitcom, uh, stand-up act just almost recreated it's a reality. Lot. It's a reality show that, he, that he's fictionalized. Yeah, but it's not like we've taken Louis C.K. and, oh, now you're the owner of a pet store. Let's see what happens. Right, right. No, right. but they've, they, I mean, you know. I'm sure he could get that made, though. He he uh, probably could get it made, but yeah. would you would you watch Louis C.K. as the owner of a pet store? No. You know, no. on a, on a, on a, on a watered-down show that's designed for people to watch after they've had dinner before their kids go to bed? No, but most, a lot of stand-ups might say, yeah, I'll be that guy, and hey, I'll kill them in I'll the I'll take run. that job in a heartbeat. I got, you know, I got kids to feed at home, let alone TV kids, right? That's... I'd happily take that job, and with and with the attention you get from that, hopefully your talent is strong enough that you can show you're capable of doing other things. I, I th- you know, always... If you can be funny in a limited format, yeah. when they unlimit you, you're still going to be able to be funny. Yeah. If, you can, if you can sit there under all of their restraints and still manage to get your funny through to the audience, I think that's much more of an accomplishment. See, I think that your sitcom should be that you're a comedian and you go and film a miserable sitcom during the day and then you come home and you have to be with your kids and go, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that miserable sitcom. And you just do that every day. (laughs) <laughs> what would my sitcom be? Just like some gross girl who never so, cleans, so never your, showers, your like idea, drink too much. 
Sorry. Like, well, I don't know. I was just going to say, what, what do you think? My, like, what would my sitcom be? I have no be? idea just what like, your sitcom The show Friends Gone Wrong. That's yeah. what yours is. <laughs> just like yeah. disgusting and six, gross. Six, like, you know, like pretty people. Like a combination people of like, I don't getting know. Getting all fucked up. Like Chelsea Handler and Hoarders coming together. Yeah, that's just, right. It's a disaster. Dan exactly. Dunn just keeps coming over it's and keeping feeding you more drugs and meth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We have you. We have a. We have cameras in your apartment, and then every episode, you come home, you lock the door, and you sit in, on your futon and drink wine. Right. We watch well, that, that for twenty-two right now, minutes. I'm it's, living now yeah. in my it's apartment like a, complex. There's four other com- comedians, so now we have like a whole. Now we do have friends. We do have so a all comedians. Now. It's like a g-string like divas meets intervention. Yeah. All right. You know the thing about what you said about <laughs> utility people for stand-up. I think that's one of the reasons why stand-ups make good actors, not just in comedy, but in drama or whatever. And uh, when I was doing Fever Pitch, I've done a lot of movies, but when I was doing yeah. it. Uh, with uh, Jimmy Fallon. I had a scene with him, and uh, he wasn't having a good day. It, the scene took literally like 25 or 30 takes. And I didn't have a lot of dialogue, but I had dialogue, and I nailed it the same way, exactly the same way every time. Mm. And the directors kept saying that to me, the Farrelly brothers. They're like, man, it's like take 25, and you're doing exactly the same way. I feel like, going, oh, you know how many times I told the same shitty joke yeah. 50,000 yeah, times yeah, yeah. the exact mm. same way? These, you know, nine lines are fucking easy. And that's part of the reason why stand-ups are good actors and can be good, whether you call it utility men or or women or well, and I think also stand-ups know how to know how to do a line read, generally speaking, sure. because that's you know they're in the con- you're you're in a constant state on stage of doing line reads, testing which yeah. which reads going to give you the best reaction. And for most of us, sometimes we have to, you know, act like we really care about what we're doing on stage, but our own life is fucked up or not going the way we want it. But you can't let the audience know that. you got to act like, yeah, isn't the world a fucking great place? I mean, I don't do that anymore. Well, you, but can't, you, can't, you can't let them know all the time. You can let them know sometimes. Yeah, no, I know. But there's a lot of it that is a show, and that's part of the reason why I think they're good actors and can be used in other things. Mm-hmm. What I know, now, Chuck, how uh, you have two kids? Two kids. and One uh, wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so old-fashioned. You can't uh, just yeah. assume these for the days. Moment. Right? For the moment. Wow, one per hole. Nice. I don't know. She's been watching <laughs> Big Love. She's digging it. Is she really? That yeah. just seems like so much work. No, oh because God. she also understands that there's a seniority. As long as she's wife number one, she doesn't have a problem adding to the pile, right? And then wow. the sister wives. She, she, I think she really sees it as um, as uh, um, kind of an indentured servitude situation. Yeah. Wife that, two would just take care of me, and then she could go live her own life. Well, wife three would clean the toilets. I get it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And uh, I'll throw this open to both uh, you and Darren. How long do you like to be away from your kids on the road? Because I know Darren has a certain amount of time. Nine days. Nine days? And what's, yep. what's yours? That's the minimum or maximum, Max. That'd be funny if it was the maximum. I'm, I got, I'm gone for two. <laughs> I only have one gig this weekend, but I'm going to be gone for nine days. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> The the maximum I have been away has been uh, 10 days, but that was unplanned. Yeah. That was when I got stuck at the North Pole at Alert because oh. there was a blizzard. Um, so like, There was a gig there, right? You just there was a gig okay. up no, at the No, you just went there the for a holiday Canadian, to get away Canadian from the kids, you fucking idiot. Canadian Forces <laughs> Station Alert at the North North Pole. Jesus, David. And we got, uh, we got locked in by like an eight-day blizzard. Oh, shit. So I was away for longer than I thought. And, and that was very difficult. Yeah. My policy has been since the kids were born that until they're both in school, I don't want to be I don't want to be away for any sustained period of time. Uh, when do you think they start remembering things? They when already do, do. When do you start remembering things? <laughs> uh, I yeah, I, and to be honest with you, Dave, I don't give a shit when they start remembering things. I'm worried about me remembering the time that we got to spend together. This is, you know, I got ten years before they're all before I figure they're looking out the door. 
right in some in some way or fashion right they're going to be hanging out with their friends they're going to start going to school they're going to start their jobs they're going to start their lives they're going to you know they're gone so the first 10 years this, of the days that you're going to connect the first 10 years yeah. is my only opportunity to spend a decade with my children right Everything else is, you might get lucky, right? Maybe your kid is um, useless at school and ends up living in your basement for the next 30 years. Oh. But really, if you do your job well, you get you got 10 years before they're looking out the door. So I figured, all right, I'll hang out. Well, that's beautiful. I have a different reason. Because uh, <laughs> if I go away more than nine days, my wife will probably leave me. So uh, I'm going to now use really? that same excuse. Really? Well, no, had I known that, I, I would have stayed years. away for longer. <laughs> I only have 10 years, honey. That's why I won't go away for 10 days. I yeah. only have, she doesn't listen to the show. She's not, I'm going to memorize that fucking word for word. and leave <laughs> No, Brandy, it's because it's the kids attend and they're like, well, why are you always yelling at them and complaining when they puke in your mouth? Uh, so day one, you're an alert. I want to talk go back here you're stuck there for eight extra days so day one you think okay i'm gonna get out of here well we're, yeah, gonna yeah. Clear we're up. we were supposed to be there for for uh two nights right and and uh fly in have a have a night uh do the show the next night leave the following morning sure uh but we flew in in what turned out to be about a 10 minute window in the blizzard and and then we were under storm condition too which meant nobody was allowed to go outside nobody was allowed to do anything you had to, you know ropes tying all the buildings together and whatnot and it was Ice Station Zebra. You look out the window and it's... Jesus. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then when they were good, they were going to send a plane uh, to come pick us up. Uh, but this was back last March. So um, Libya blew up and they had to send our plane to Libya oh, to back up the... Motherfuckers. Uh, the Air Force. So we <laughs> sat there they. for another couple oh, extra days. Fuck. I mean, there are worse places in the world to be stuck than the North Pole because uh, you're on a Canadian Forces Where, oh, base. Okay. You got... You got TV. You've got you know DVDs and video games and pool tables. Sure. And booze. And Rooms to whack off in. Right. Yeah. As long as you said Thurs- booze. Thursday, right. Thursday steak night. And because we were guests, I mean, anyone who's ever done anything with the armed services knows when you're a guest, you're they treat you like a guest. They treat you like you're like a nice human being that they want to take care of. Did you have a room to whack off in? I did. Oh, really? I was did. it like a designated your room, or was it a communal room for like everyone? Yeah, everyone does it. Dave. <laughs> they put a sock on the door or something. <laughs> Come on. No, I, Is it, I, well, I just find it hard to in. whack off when it's really cold out. No, no. There's plastic it's on the walls. Heated, Dave. Yeah. It's yeah. not like they didn't put me up in an igloo at the North Pole. <laughs> yeah. I hope. All not. right. Good luck. Tell some jokes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Dave, there's plastic on the wall. When you're done with the room, you take the plastic down. It's like Chinatown. There's a layer of plastic behind it, and then the next person comes in and whacks off. It's like an episode of Dexter, but for jerking off. Well, I mean, the main reason I was jerking off there is how many opportunities (laughs) do you have to jerk off at the North Pole? Exactly, right? right? There's some kind of magnetic center. Like, you shoot farther, right, when you do it at the North Pole than when you're closer to the equator. I think that's how it works, right? Well, it's like having having sex with Betty White. I mean, I probably would I have sex with a woman of her age? If it wasn't Betty White, no. But would I, because it's Betty White, yes, I I would. If at the North Pole, it's got a hole. <laughs> I you fucked get on Betty that White thing. twice at the North Pole. Fucking and right, Nan- you would. And Nancy Grace. So <clears throat> I, I don't know what that meant. A, well, just remember we had. It, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, off the whacking off now. Okay. Um, that's what? important, though. That, that's, I didn't even get my turn. Oh, what, okay. How would you pet your kitty? Would you finger bang in the in the North Pole? Well, I take I take my roadie vibrator as I do. It's small. It's like a lipstick. With the knowledge that they're going to go through your bag. 
Oh yeah, why not? Okay. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, I love small. That. They wouldn't notice. Like, you really, you couldn't tell. It would be like looking at this. It's disguised as samurai like, sword. Diddle yourself. Yeah, it oh, is. Okay. Dis- it's disguised. But I'd have to make sure it doesn't get too cold because otherwise, like, I might get brain freeze down oh, there. Oh shit! Well, Ooh. like, uh, but I, I like how you said. Uh, oh, it's very small, but you had your hand stretched out about three feet. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was playing with a pen. I okay. talk with my hands. Okay. No, I'm, you know, when I travel, all the sex toys go in my bag because I love the awkwardness. I love when they find it and they look at you. I'm like, yeah, that's what I fuck myself with. <laughs> I know there's three of them. You figure it out it's all at once. <laughs> okay, that was, my wife's not going to be happy I said that. Uh, don't but worry. she doesn't listen to the show, exactly. so what do you care? Because I'm on the road only nine days for a reason. Exactly. Feel free if anybody wants to send me a vibrator. I'll talk about yes. it on the air. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll test them out. free PR. We'll test them out. Yeah, uh, you go first. I get a second, race. and Dave gets it last. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fucking pecking order of the sex toys on the show. Uh, it's just like prom. Uh, <laughs> it was like prom. I never went to a prom or a school dance. Uh, Were you, maybe uh, you did. Maybe you blacked out, Dave. Were you, you seem like a pop. Were you a pop? popular guy in high school as it were um, you, I hate this I, I found out after high school that I was more popular than I thought I was how, how does that happen um you just you, I was you I hung was, out at the high school afterwards? I was I was <laughs> you're the creepy guy no from the from the people that I went to high school with <laughs> okay that's and, how I you found know, out fa- I was, Facebook oh, oh, oh okay right? nice Facebook yeah that's good and and you know Facebook you start to retouch with you you start to realize how you affected somebody's life by the fact that they remember you and they remember you fondly or they remember something about you and stuff like that. It's um, my, my experience with people finding me on Facebook has been very positive and not very creepy. Oh, really? Okay. God, I wish I lived your life. Oh, Go right. on. I have, a, I have an app that tells me who's blocked me. So, uh, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's how many, how many people have blocked you? About 64. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, Jesus. It's, Way it's to go, Dave. Dave. I'm just me. How can I help that? I'm just me. Oh, my God. You go, Dave goes to the North Pole. That'll go up to 71, 72 from all the other guys. There's no whack-off room, you asshole. Yeah, yeah. That's what Darren Frost told me it was a whack-off room. And Chuck Byrne told me that. Yeah. The, uh, now, how did you find that out? Were you upset? Were you glad you were? No, I wasn't. Um, I mean, at, 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 in high school, I went to boarding school. Um, oh. it was private, oh, so that's it different. Was a, it yeah. was a private school. Um, so you're living with these people all the time. Yeah. Uh, and and I got along with everybody, right. but I never thought of myself as one of the popular people. Okay, you know what I mean. I wasn't I wasn't head of a sports team or or anything like that. I was the guy that sat around and made funny comments about all of the popular people and all the things that were going on. But and did other people respond to them to the point where you're like, oh hey, I'm pretty good at this. Uh, not that not that I ever picked up on it. the only the only time I the first time I actually legitimately thought about becoming and doing comedy. Right was a friend of mine took me to a show in Vancouver maybe six months before I actually started and said, that's what you should be doing. Oh, okay. He said, I was trying to figure out what to do in my life, and he said, that's what you should be doing. It's what you're already doing. You're, you, you're funny. You try to make people laugh. You, yeah. you tell funny stories. You're already doing it. Stand on stage, and people might give you money to continue doing what you're already doing. And your parents were supportive? Um, yeah. I'd say... Um, you know, how many people's parents are jumping up and down celebrating the fact that their their kid's going to dive into comedy after not finishing their college degree? Oh, Russell Peters? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Russell, being... Pe- Russell Peters is a family business. Uh, yes. Right? So, right. you know, it's, you know they, well, have, they got two kids to yell at if you have, like, oh, I guess it's paid it off. You know, yeah, but it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where... Um, I think my 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 dad certainly. My dad's you know he comes from a business background. He's always been worried about security. Everybody's parents are worried about your security, and you know they want you to be able to take care of yourself, and they want you to 
you know, not be broke. Who wants their kids to be broke? Um, you know, maybe, I don't know. I was going to say something hurtful about somebody, but. Uh, <laughs> say it, say it. Uh, Feels good. <laughs> I, was th- I was just thinking Rupert Murdoch, maybe. Oh. Because <laughs> he just shit-canned his son. Right? Oh, oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> he just shit-canned his son. He made his son take the fall for him. Yeah. Right? yeah. So when, that, you know, who are you going to hand the hand the business to, Pop? Oh, uh, I don't know. The shareholders. Well, when my parents were worried about my security, they just bought me a rape whistle. So and there you go. Yeah. But um I think, I think we were supposed I, to laugh I think, there. I, I think my dad <laughs> they are at home. I think, I think my dad was um much more supportive of my comedy once he saw that uh how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. And the fact that I was making a living at it. Oh that that helps, doesn't yeah. it? It helps yeah. a huge amount. But I think the biggest part of it was he saw he saw that I had finally found something that I really enjoyed doing and I was doing it all the time. That was the biggest part. Because up until doing comedy, I had no interest in really anything. I had no interest in going to school. I had no interest in getting a job. I had no interest in anything at all. You know, I realized uh, that a Chuck Chinese Byrne... food. I had a huge interest in Chinese food. <laughs> I, I realized that Chuck Byrne lives in an alternate world to me. Because uh, six months ago, my mom told me I had to quit. And uh, that's what's very beautiful about this business. Uh, she said, you have to quit now because that comic's working more than you. You have to quit. That's what she said, quote in Niagara Falls, and I almost cry myself to sleep. But that's okay. And another reason why I, I've often hated Chuck Burr, and I want to tell this story because we're almost out of time, but I want to tell this story about how we live in different worlds. I, for a period of time, was the Bell Dime, which was the mascot in commercials. And I never got anything from Bell. I was their mascot. I ran around like a <laughs> yeah. fucking monkey. I got nothing. I didn't get anything. And then Chuck Burr just did a little guest set at the comedy club called Yuck Yucks in Toronto one night for seven minutes, and someone from Bell was in the audience and gave him a fucking phone for three years where he didn't pay a dime all right. A world fucking phone. I was their goddamn motherfucking mascot. I had to argue to get a t-shirt with my fucking picture on it. And fuckface does seven minutes of happy comedy and gets a world phone. Okay, now, can, now can I world? tell the real story? Now tell the real story. Okay, I'll tell the real story. I was in Niagara Falls. <laughs> okay. With uh, I was headlining the <laughs> oh, show. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't a seven minute okay, set. whatever, whatever. And what it was, was there was a large, I'd say about half of the audience sure. was a bell call center. Great. So it was it was all people who worked yep. for Bell. Yep. But these were people that you know, they were the the, the lowest Bell mm-hmm. employees. They were minimum wage yep. employees. They were particularly yep. rowdy. And um Were you their mascot whore? The MC didn't do a very good job of engaging them. Right. And then the middle act, it got ugly. Right. It got particularly ugly. The well, show mm-hmm. basically has come to a stop. Right. Um it's bad. The, the act is yelling, fuck you, at the audience. The audience is yelling, fuck you, at the act. Everybody's been to a show where that's happened. Sure. It's just bad. Did, wait, 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 so he, the, the, hang okay, on. Yeah. the middle act manages to get himself back to a tie. He's got himself back to the point where if you were in the audience, you could look at him and go, he's a funny guy tonight, wasn't his night. The MC goes back up, doesn't really acknowledge the situation. I go up. They're still rowdy. They're still loud. And I spend 45 minutes hammering on the bell people right and I, I i dedicated my entire show to them basically i didn't get to do any material i just riffed on them and i ripped on the situation and i made everything better and it was awesome and sure enough after the show uh she offered uh she asked me what my cell phone was asked me if i was with bell right. got me into the celebrity Beautiful. phone program yeah. but to her credit yeah the middle act on that show got the same deal yeah see what i mean 
I want your fucking mask on. I saved the show for some welders once, and I got a welding rig. What the fuck am I going to do with a welding well, rig? I, I I'm think, a comic. I, think I want a phone. We, I, think I want a fucking simply, phone Darren, if, we, if we simply listen to the way that both of us have been discussing Bell, right. <laughs> I think yeah. you certainly made more money from them than I did. No, no. Not a not a fucking phone for three years. How much I spend on it? That's true. Because I I three I, fucking years. I Chuck. literally I I I had about nine and a half hours yeah. of on you know, air from Hong Kong. You know what Chuck used to Kong. do? He would just take his phone and he'd give it to a, a little kid. You know when they press eight digits and you're worried about where it calls. He didn't have comics, to worry about that. Comics used to come to my house to call their families. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Gilson Lubin used to come by yeah. my apartment to fucking, call his family. The show was over. Oh my god. <laughs> now, no, but very briefly, I, I just want to say that you know for a, a very short period of time at the uh, Bell telephone company they would actually refer to dimes as darren frost yeah really great thanks really? thanks dave you're welcome where's my phone that's all i hope someone from bell's <laughs> listening to this right now where's my phone bell where's my phone i'll Anyways, take one from rogers if you have one there we go. If, yeah, if it's any consolation i'm now with rogers so. uh, well there we go <laughs> and i'm paying plenty okay <laughs> that <laughs> makes right. you feel better unfortunately we're out of time if people want to get a hold of chuck burn you have a website where do they I go do. it's www.chuckburn.com burn right. spelt with a y right why because it's spelt with a y why? Because you get free phones. I do, and you can uh, follow me on Twitter at, at Chuck Byrne. Nice. You tweet a lot. I've uh, yesterday was my first day of tweeting. Okay, oh. and uh, I believe I'm up to 18 tweets. Whoa! So, All right. So we're hammering one every two hours. Good for you. Yes. Keep on tweeting, Chuck. Keep on. I'll tweeting. follow you. Thank you. Show me on the dial where the bad man touched you. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Hey, my name's Ian Sorolla. You're listening to Anything Goes with Kathleen, Dave, and Darren. I use Darren last because it makes him angry. Hey, get up, brothers. Do any dance that's good to you. Yeah, man. At least your life isn't as sad as ours. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. All right, we're back from the break. And that was uh, Chuck Byrne that we interviewed. Uh, Chuck hasn't been on the show before. We've been friends for a long time. And just, you know, the way with schedules and everything, he finally was able to come by. And uh, that was fun. I got to get my little anger out. Uh, Chuck, how he lives in yeah. a world where he doesn't get wet when it fucking rains. He walks between the raindrops. <laughs> that was a good time, right? And during that interview, eight more people blocked Dave Martin from yeah, their well, Facebook. Of course. That's okay. I'm, I'm all right with yeah. it. Oh, hopefully, uh, Jan Arden blocks you, Dave. I know you love your your love for women of shape of Jan Arden. <laughs> I would. You know what? I, 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 you would love Jan Arden. You, I don't, totally, I, you like, would totally like candles. You'd listen to Insensitives. Yeah. You're a good mother. You'd over and over again. True. I couldn't. I can't stand her fucking music. Uh, uh, looks uh, uh, well, well. I could work with that, and then uh, <laughs> I could work with that. But more you just than, want the Jan Harden. Well, more than anything, <laughs> that's amazing. 
I just want something to hold. But and she uh, no, but like, but also she she thinks she's a she's a, thinks that she's a fucking comic. I know. She it goes drives on stage me fucking nuts. and she blabbles to her own fans yeah. that think her she's so fucking funny. She's so you, she should be a stick. Well, yeah, that's not her fault. Well, yeah, that's it is. that's no, no, that's no, a no, lot of no. smoke up her fucking big ass. Yeah, so. but that's not her fault. I mean, that's you know writers and her fans she, who think she's a comic. She doesn't say she's a comic. That's not her fault. She's kind of funny and witty. Oh, what drives me nuts is if I read one more goddamn review on her and the journalists go, she should be a stand-up comic. Yeah, do you ever read a really shitty blog and then go, that guy should be a reporter for the Toronto Sun? No, that doesn't happen. You got to have a certain level of people don't know who you are before you can say you're a stand-up comic and just go in and make. If you make your fans laugh, big fucking deal. Now, I don't know. Uh, uh, Jan Arden's uh, she's a, a long-running Canadian artist. I don't know yeah. who the American equivalent to Jan Arden would be. Uh, Jan Arden. Jan Arden. Okay. No, <laughs> no, I don't know. It's it's a little tough. Uh, I don't know the American equivalent to. But that. she has like a lot of easy listening music. Yeah, songs yeah, and yeah. She yeah. To like a lot she appeals of to women and, and moms and soccer moms who feel guilty about their life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and a, a lot of like people that are getting over some disease and they're going to be triumphant now or something. Yeah, like maybe. That. Let's hope. Why are we talking about Jan Arden? She was in the news today. She was in the news uh, today. Yesterday, she was on a Via Rail train uh, going to a show in Ottawa and uh, in the middle of nowhere, she said. The middle of nowhere, quote, uh, the train stopped and got asked her to get off the train at the small train station because she had her dog with her in the car with the, where the front with the people. And she had a little dog with her. And uh, via rail, the train's rules are very specific that any animal has to travel in the animal car, cannot travel with people. And she kind of blew up and twittered some shit about it. And, uh, you know, my attitude is, look, rules are rules, number one. Two, I don't give a fuck if you're a celebrity or not. Number three, I'm allergic to animals, so I can't be around animals. Like, a dog isn't so bad as a cat. Cat, but I'd fucking would die if a cat was around. I literally would die in small spaces with cats. You can laugh, Dave. That's fucking hilarious, isn't it? And I almost <laughs> like die. Dave is like yeah. has cat hair all over yeah, his body. I know. I know. <laughs> Dave's a cat man. But know. you know, and she's twittering about the middle of nowhere. She was dropped off in Oshawa for fuck's sakes, which is a suburb of Toronto, hundred and sixty thousand people. And she cried. It took me four hours to get a rental car. You need a new agent, honey. You I'm need a new fucking agent. Be flying anyways. Well, that's what the Deborah like... Giovanni said. I'm surprised she was taking the train, which I thought was a very funny line. Like, Fucking rich. I mean, yeah, I know. But maybe she's all like taking take the train. Border. Oh, she likes to be one with the people, and that's why she. Yes, has, and that's why she carries a dog in a purse. Yeah. Any fucking cunt that would wear carry a dog in a purse in the first place. I'm right. sorry, but doesn't the dog's embarrassed and you're degrading the animal right. and all well, that shit? She was going to come on the show till you called her cunt. I <laughs> she was. I, th- not. I think she, she, I was. I, she was going to come on the show. I was calling okay. her and say, "Hey, come on the show and redeem yourself." <laughs> then she hears you call her cunt, and she's like, "No." I think your invitation probably was, can you come on the show, cunt? And then right. Be well, like, of yeah. course it was. Of course it was. That, that ain't going to work out. No. Come on. It's Jan Arden. But we could have all held hands and sing Kumbaya and have a dog on our lap. It would been amazing. I don't think so. No? Do you, what, do you enjoy, are you a pet dog? I don't like the idea of dogs and purses. Um, I'm not, well, I'm not into animals of any sort. It's just too, I don't like. <laughs> How I don't do you like, like it when men get frisky when they're drunk? Is exact, that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like, I don't know, pets are responsibility, and I don't want any extra responsibility in my life. Right. That's why I don't have children either, yeah. or boyfriends. Yeah, because when you get I drunk and you're hungover, you don't want to walk a dog. Fuck no, that. No, and I'm not sharing my beer with him either, so. Well, some people would disagree if you look on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> beer drinking doggies. 
deer and that and getting their dog high and then laughing and the cats high. You ever seen those videos? Oh, Pretty see. fucking crazy. Oh yeah, and people take pictures of their cats and they're all over Instagram and Twitter. That I just want to unfollow those people. Oh, I've seen. I don't, have you seen this? You you ride the public transit in uh, Toronto? I don't want to brag, but uh, yeah, I'm a TTC pass. Holder. And have you seen these new vegetarian uh, posters yes. that they have? You would they, eat one and not the other, right? And they'll have like a little kitten beside a chickadee. Yeah, right. And, uh, and they say, "Oh, you would eat one and not the other." Does, aren't those bothersome? I find uh, that's yeah. like, like religious people shoving their uh, yeah. views and opinions about the afterlife and God and all that horse crap down their mouth. When same thing with vegetarians. I mean, if you okay, you have a choice of a puppy or a cow. Really? That's you're comparing those two things? Yeah, together? yeah. Really? I would. Like, you I don't eat, know. You eat dogs and cats all the time. Sure, you're <laughs> fucking right, dude. Go to a certain place in Chinatown. Isn't that where we're going to go with that? Huh? Ask no, for the special on the menu. I was not. We we're going to go to that, that cliche, weren't we? Right. Yeah. You can go and walk your dinner before you eat it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel the same way about dogs and, and, and cows or dogs and chickens? I, I, I do chickens? think it's a good point. I mean, it is, you know, it's it's just one animal we feel we have the right to eat, not the other. I mean, I don't want to eat dog. I don't want to eat cat. But I also think that, hey, you know, if someone wants to do that, I don't <laughs> know. Right. I, I don't know enough about the argument. But I, I the easy argument is what's the difference? And some, yeah. you know, in India, they think a, the cow is a fucking religious icon. <laughs> I know. Well, I was a vegetarian for a long time, actually. I read, I was all that propaganda. I read Skinny Bitch. I read Eating Animals. I saw Food right. Inc. And I feel like the industry is corrupt and it's gross, so they do the animals. And, don't, like, don't you think, like, why? And they're even mean to the farmers, these big companies. Like, they, oh, yeah. I thought you like, meant the animals are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right before they get electrocuted, they fucking kick and they, oh, they're crazy, those animals. Oh, they heckle the farmers? Yeah, yeah. fuck, yeah. <laughs> boo, yeah. Boo, boo, boo. Get off stage. <laughs> all right. Well, we got to, unfortunately, we're out of time. We got to wrap Gosh. it up. Shit. So we do have a couple of quick announcements uh, for my fans, all three of them. Uh, I'm going to be in PEI on April 14th at the Guild Playhouse with Kenny Robinson on a double header, uh, two shows in one night. I'll be headlining one show, the early show, and the late show will be Kenny Robinson, the fabulous Kenny Robinson, who's going to be on the show in a couple weeks. So please go to theguildpei.com and check out for tickets. That will sell out. It's not that big of a venue. Also, uh, in upcoming weeks, we have a bunch of different people. Next week, Martha Chavez is going to be on the show. And also, Gilbert Gottfried will be uh, aired uh, on the uh, 23rd week uh, of this month. We're going to be airing our Gilbert Gottfried episode. Next week we are. Or is it next week? Yeah. Oh, sorry, next week. You're right. Yeah. So, uh, And, uh, David, what about you? Where are you going to be? I'm in Ajax at the end of the month, but, you know. What? Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm in Ajax this weekend. Okay, yeah, yeah. With Damon Schroeder and Julia Bruce. It should be fun Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay. I'll be very talkative. There. Are you hosting that show? I'm middling. Oh, okay. My favorite spot, the middle. Beautiful. Aren't we going to be in, in Whippy on Wednesday, oh, which yes, is today? Yeah, this, uh, yeah we, uh, this show's going to be airing in uh, on Wednesday, and uh, Christine and I will be in Whippy. We'll be in Whitney. Nice. Uh, wait, what is it called? Some Jimmy O'Tool. Jimmy O'Tools. I don't nice. know what it is. You know. And uh, you Curse can always find fire. us on Facebook, so check out the... Uh, the page on Facebook and iTunes. There's new episodes uploaded all the time. You can now get the Alan Park, and we'll probably by this time this year, maybe the John Wing episode will be and, on uh, iTunes. And, and Terry Clement and Fraser Young are new there. Yeah. And James Cunningham. And from James Cunningham. And we're going to start sending out uh, tweets of uh, direct um, direct links to all the episodes. Yeah. So we're going to send you like Ari Shafir and Mark Marin and uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. All those are going to be direct links from now on. And uh, when you follow us on Ooh. Twitter on XM Ha. Yeah. Oh, anything goes ha is the uh, Twitter handle. All right. My Twitter handle is Comedy Whore. And David? I am uh, Dave Martin World on Twitter. And I'm at Walkin' Sauce.
There we go. Well, until next week, thanks for listening. And, uh, hey, that's it. I'm going to Cuba for a week. Fuck you all. Enjoy the diarrhea. (laughs) I smile and wave.